It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio. So thank you to the Las Vegas audience for being with us. We're here to talk about the future of quarterback for the Raiders. Yes, their number one priority. And to do that, we bring in our good friend Chrissy Freud from The Sporting News. You can catch her work up there. You can also follow her on x.com at Chrissy, C-R-I-S-S-Y underscore Freud, F-R-O-Y-D. Chrissy, thanks for being with us. Um, you know, no one we wanted to talk about. We, we talked about in the first segment, actually, that we originally reached out to you last week to talk about Cliff Kingsbury. And then, of course, Cliff goes to Washington. So no longer relevant for the Raiders to talk about Air Raid, which you are certified in. But we wanted to talk with you about quarterbacks and coming out of uh, the Senior Bowl. You had a lot of time down there to spend with these quarterbacks and and you you wrote a lot about and I know you have something coming out with with uh, Spencer Rattler but we wanted to start really at the top and talk about this quarterback class we've heard so much about it of course the top three guys uh, that that you keep hearing most about of course Caleb Williams Drake May and now Jaden Daniels uh, but but there's there's other quarterbacks there and uh, Raider fans with their team picking 13th are looking at that and saying okay what's a realistic option if they don't move up if they do move up, who might they target? But let's start with this class overall. Give us the strength of this class and uh, how deep it goes for you when you think about first, second round picks, quarterbacks who you feel could really make an impact at the NFL level. Yeah, I'd say that it's about 10 deep. I think this is a pretty deep class. But the one thing we talked about the Senior Bowl is how this was one of the best classes of quarterbacks that the Senior Bowl has pulled. But the overall performance from all the quarterbacks there was not very good. Uh, so I think that's interesting, kind of something to consider. But um, outside of those top three guys you mentioned that are not participating in showcases, obviously they shouldn't be to avoid injury and stuff like that. Um, I know we're talking about Knicks, Penix, and Rattler, and I think that that's the good stuff. I think that um, Michael Pratt, some guys like that kind of stand off on the edge as guys that could be really good uh, moving forward that have maybe a high ceiling, but maybe also a very low floor. Um, but whenever I look at... Bo Nix, I see someone who has proven he can be a solid game manager, which should not carry a negative connotation the way that it does, but someone who can perform well outside of that. And J.J. McCarthy falls under the same umbrella because people talk all the time about how all J.J. McCarthy does is check the ball down for five yards, yada, yada, yada. But like the thing about quarterbacks like this that we classify as game managers, here's one that I'm going to tell you about. His name is Brock Purdy, and he's competing in the Super Bowl this weekend. <laughs> there's, a reason, there's a reason for that. And, I mean, they ask quarterbacks to do certain things within the offense, and sometimes it simply comes down to what they're being asked to do and they're executing the way that they're being – asked to execute and it's not a knock on them i mean we look at jj mccarthy and he has a really good arm and he's got some solid mobility if i put him in more of a freewheeling offense i think i could see a lot more out of jj mccarthy than i see at michigan but he should not be faulted for what he's doing at michigan because he's executing the offense the way the hardball is asking him to do uh, so there's nothing wrong with that to me and then spencer rattler um 
one of the most horrible cases I've seen of everyone around him failing him. I mean, Spencer Rattler is playing like Spencer Rattler this season uh, for the first time that we've seen this in a long time. And I think they did a really good job. Um, pass protection was awful. Supporting cast was subpar. But other than that, if you look at Spencer Rattler's individual performance, very good. There's a reason why he took home senior bowl MVP. Right, Christy. And we're going to talk more about Spencer Rattler because I've been trying to warm up Raider fans to the idea of maybe they draft Spencer Rattler. Uh, in the draft coming up. But I wanted to hear about Bo Nix and Michael Penix because a lot of Raider fans have been focused on those two because I feel like those are were the realistic options for the Raiders if they stood pat at 13 and move back. Whatever the case may be, we'll see what the medicals look like for Michael Penix. But what did you see out of Bo Nix and Michael Penix down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, I thought their stock kind of remained the same. I'm someone who's very high on Bo Nix, uh, kind of middle of the pack on Michael Penix Jr., um, I thought a lot of the quarterbacks in the senior bowl this year were inconsistent. Every single one of them were inconsistent. I, I can't think of a singular day outside of like maybe Rattler that someone really just stood out and stole the show. It was kind of an interesting thing, like I said, like given the strength of the class, um, just how underwhelming their performances were. But I think that Bo Nix, like based on the tape I've seen, based on talking to him, like he's a guy that can execute the offense Officially, he can function in that game manager role, but I also think that there's kind of some more stuff that he can do. And then Michael Penix Jr., um, obviously has all the traits that you would want from a quarterback, lacks consistency at times. I thought that he failed on the big stage, to be honest with you, some of that has to do with injury. And that, that's the thing, too, is like with the, when I think about Michael Penix Jr., it's how consistently can he stay healthy? Um, he's not really he's not really done that. He did it for the majority of the year at Washington this year, but he's not done that before. Um, and so you kind of wonder with guys like that, like, is this going to be a flash in the pan or is this someone who's consistently going to be very good? And I mean, he was badly injured um, for the better part of his career and then also very mechanically unsound for the better part of his career. He's worked on that. He's talked about that some. and I think he's gotten better. Um, but but overall, I think we're going to see some strings start to kind of fall apart. Michael Penix Jr. as he makes the adjustments to the next level. So, Chrissy, when we talk about go, you talked about Bo Nix and, and sort of uh, how you you felt you, that he did really well down there and that you've got, gotten higher on him, you know, and you look at what his strengths are and some of the weakness. What do you think when people talk about Bo Nix as a pro prospect, what's sort of the, the, the narrative that maybe isn't fair to him uh, when you look at what he was able to do at Oregon and what he's been able to do uh, going into the Senior Bowl last what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This week. Yeah, it's the whole game manager thing, the whole check down thing. And people, like I said, I don't understand why it carries such a negative connotation. Jack Cohn obviously didn't succeed the way that we thought that he might. But he and I had a conversation about this and we were just talking about like, why do people pen game managers in a negative light? At the end of the day, to me, the base, the very basis of a quarterback who's going to be very good, the very floor of a quarterback who's going to perform very well should be game manager. You should have that foundation there. And this is what's wrong with quarterbacks in the NFL and what's wrong with the quarterback issue that we have now and why teams are constantly looking for quarterbacks is because they're looking at all these guys that have all these flashy traits. Whenever I'm leading a team, arm strength's not going to get it done for me. Mobility's not going to get it done for me. All that, all those flashing lights, 
they might be able to do that. But if they cannot first manage the game, first and foremost, just manage the game, just check it down and do that. You don't have a true quarterback who's going to consistently be um, successful for you. So I think Bo Nix has done a good job laying the foundation for that. I think we saw the very beginnings of this at Auburn. Um, I mean, that last game he got injured at Auburn, I thought he did a really good job. And then he transitioned and carried it over and kept the energy moving at Oregon. Uh, clearly it worked out for him very well. But yeah, I mean, Bo Nix and I talked about this and um, I asked him, I, I love one of my favorite things asking quarterbacks about is a negative narrative that surrounds them. There's always one for every guy, it seems like. <laughs> um, and he said, it's because I have a 78% completion rate and they've got to say something about it. And I think that's what it comes down to. Whenever a quarterback has an astronomical completion rate and is having success, someone's always got to say something about it. And so I think that that's, it's, I mean, in the Oregon offense, they asked him to check it down a lot and he fulfilled his mission. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, Christy, because I talked about his completion rate in a positive way, as well as J.J. McCarthy and how their completion rate increased over time when they were on the collegiate level. So I see it as a positive. But of course, it, during the draft process, you got to nitpick everything. I get it. But one thing I think is unfair, and you can stop me and disagree with me on this if you want. I, I think people look at Bo Nix and even Spencer Rutland, they look at them early in their career and they say, well, they weren't good early in their career. How do we know they're going to be that good when they get to the NFL level? And I think people hang on to old narratives and they don't just get over what happened two, three years ago and look at the progression because, you know, you're not a finished product. Even when you get to the NFL, you're still growing, you know, years into your NFL career. So these, these collegiate players are growing as they go through their careers on the college level. So just talk about Spencer Rattler and the vibe you got from him, what he said about his transition from, Oklahoma to South Carolina? Because we we know how you feel about Bo Nix already. What about Spencer Rattler? Because I know you have a lot of content coming out on him. And you know, I know you have you spoke to him. What did he say about his transition? What do you think about his draft prospects? Yeah, I think that Spencer Rattler is emerging as a prospect that we once thought he was going to be. I don't think that he had an adequate... I would love to have seen Spencer Rattler if he had the adequate team around him at South Carolina because I think it would have looked a lot like the guy... We were talking about at Oklahoma, and I asked him about that. I mean, that's one thing that keeps Spencer Rattler going is he's still the same guy. To Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler is still the same guy. Um, because I, that's, like I said, we, we circled back on that because I said, you know, obviously, like, you were, this is a big thing to go through. Like, you're such a hyped prospect. You're not just a hyped prospect. You're supposed to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Like, this should not be understated how big of a transition that is to go through. And I said, was there a moment that you ever sat down and wondered, is me Spencer Rattler, is Spencer Rattler ever going to be Spencer Rattler again? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm still the same guy. The whole time I kept in my mind that I'm still the same guy, that I'm always going to be the same guy. So to Spencer, to Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler is still Spencer Rattler. And I think that's what um, kept him motivated throughout this process. But um, yeah, I, I thought that he dominated the senior bowl. I didn't think that another quarterback came close to him. Um, and it, it was in a way that we didn't quite expect because I'm sure a lot of people expected um, Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix to steal the show, which is kind of what I went into it thinking too. Um, but it's it's interesting too when we think about the offenses that they came from. Um, Spencer Rattler came from an offense with air raid concepts um, over the course of his time at Oklahoma. And then he went over to more of a pro-style system in South Carolina. And it's really interesting because there's some quarterbacks that you would think in the air raid, since it's so simple, that quarterbacks would do a lot better in the air raid um, regardless. But there's some guys that are simply better pro-style quarterbacks. So I think it helped him to go to an offense that was uh, just a little bit different from what he came from Oklahoma. 
Let's, lastly, let's talk about J.J. Uh, uh, McCarthy. You talked about, I think, it, which, which was a great point you made at the top, which is people will criticize J.J. McCarthy. You see a lot of folks who maybe don't watch a ton of football. I don't expect people to watch as much football as, as those of us who, who follow it constantly for a living. But J.J. McCarthy did what Jim Harbaugh asked him to do in that offense. So people get caught up in stats. They get caught up in touchdown passes, all the big numbers that you see. But when you look at his body of work and more importantly, Chrissy, his skill set, what do you see there that you feel transitions best and the type of offense that he would best fit in the NFL? I think J.J. McCarthy projects best into more of a pro-style system, but I think he brings all the traits that you would want because I think that whenever we think about J.J. McCarthy, we should think about the things that he brings to the table on top of what he's done. And this is a guy that I think could be, I don't want to say sneaky good because people know how good J.J. McCarthy is, but the thing about it that I like, I think about is like, Yes, like J.J. McCarthy gets pinned as a game manager. That keeps coming up in conversation all the time. But when I think of J.J. McCarthy, I think of the howitzer arm strength and I think about the mobility um, and what he brings to the table and how he can hurt teams unexpectedly with his legs. And I mean, so you've got, to me, you've got the whole the whole thing, like everything you could possibly wish for from a quarterback. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch how he transitions. But um, it's, it's funny because, I mean, we talked about him as a Heisman candidate. We talked about him a lot, and it seems like no one's really talking about him that much anymore. And I think that we're going to be talking about him a lot more moving forward in the NFL. A couple, couple last questions. One is, who in that top 10 do you feel on draft day uh, might move up that's not expected to? Hmm. I would say maybe Spencer Rattler. I've heard a lot throughout the season about Spencer Rattler, um, the NFL being higher on him than a lot of the media are. So I would expect him to continue to move up. And then especially after winning the Super Bowl, um, not Super Bowl, uh, Senior Bowl honors, um, the, the MVP, and then performing well and outperforming everyone, including names that were considered a lot bigger than him this year in Mobile. Um, I think that he's a very big riser. So simple question, but I'll put you on the spot a bit. Where does Bo Nix go? <laughs> Where does J.J. McCarthy go? Where does Spencer Rattler go in the draft? Let's see. Everyone, every one of those quarterbacks should go in the first round. I'm not saying that they will. There's going to be one that falls probably to the, the early second round. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say that as far as the quarterback needy teams go, which we have a lot of them in the NFL these days, I, I expect those guys to all go in the first round. There you go. All right, Chrissy. All right, also, on, behind you on your wall – is a picture of Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, of course, on the Rams, was put on the, I believe, non-injury reserve list last year. What's what's going on with him? Where do you see him ending up? Uh, and 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 does he have a lot of people liked him? A lot of people didn't like him coming out. I thought the Rams were smart to grab him. They need to look at the future quarterback there. They're now rumored to maybe draft another quarterback even as early as this uh, first or second round this year. What's going on with Stetson Bennett? Yeah, I've heard that Stetson Bennett's doing well and that he's um, kind of back at, back out in the world, which is a good thing. I'm not going to comment too much on some of the things that I that I know that have gone on. Um, but, I mean, I think that it's if Stetson Bennett doesn't get back out there and, and play and have a shot, it's kind of a shame because, I mean, I view him – everyone knows how much I love Brock Purdy and I love Stetson Bennett just as much as I love Brock Purdy because I think that they're so – um, just similar in terms of quarterbacks that were underrated that bring a lot to the table. I mean, this guy led Georgia to two national championships back to back. Um, and I think he could have a similar effect in the NFL as Brock Purdy does. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch kind of what the Rams choose to do. But I think that we all, people like me, we really hope that Stetson's going to be able 
to come back and make an impact. And I think that if if anything else is a quarterback who definitely projects as someone who can be a super reliable backup for several years to come. All right. There you go. And, and Chrissy, by the way, I want to give you the credit because if you, people can go back because you got receipts going all the way back. I you did. call you call Brock Purdy. Yes, I did. No you, one. There's no one else. There's no one else that I found. Me and Chris Hassel, who used to be on SportsCenter, is now with CBS. He told me, he was like, you are the only person I've ever found that said that Brock Purdy was going to be Brock Purdy. And what it comes down to <laughs> me is, that's why I pride myself so much on mechanical evaluation. Um, quarterback accuracy stems from lower body mechanics. And I, I still say, like, Brock Purdy, like, no one talked about Brock Purdy that much, but he had some of the best lower body mechanics I've ever seen. And that's, like I said, di accuracy is directly derived from that. And that's how I knew that he was going to be this good. So, um, obviously, really love to see it for him. But, um, yeah. And then, once again, it's the, the narrative we go back to, the whole game manager thing. He can yeah. do all the mentals. Yeah, and is he is he going to win? Is he going to top Patrick Mahomes on Sunday? What's your what's your what's your prediction? I think so. I already tweeted that he was going to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> so if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I'm sure I'll have uh, the whole Chiefs fan base and even worse, the entire Taylor Swift fan base in my mentions. But um, they're all they're all going to be waiting though. That's that's the thing too. Is I never feel bad about making bold statements on Twitter because those people are all they're they're all too scared to say anything in the moment. So they yeah. probably have it like bookmarked or like screenshotted or something. And they're waiting to say something, but it never really gets to me whenever they do because they they sat on it because they were too scared to say anything in the first place when they first said it so yes well chrissy we, we uh, go ahead mo you had something i no she she says exactly what i usually say people could come at me for being wrong but you were too scared <laughs> to put your opinion out there so what exactly. you know you're, you're no better than me at the end of the day so Exactly. Well, when it comes to covering this stuff, and if you want to learn about quarterbacks, right? We we've obviously Raider fans, Chrissy, they're 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 chomping at the bit to find out who their next quarterback is, and they make lots of assumptions. They read, read, read lots of stuff, but but if you check out Chrissy, make sure you follow her on X at Chrissy underscore Freud. You will learn something, so we appreciate <laughs> it, and we'll we'll have you on as we get closer to the draft as well, Chrissy. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. There appreciate you go. Good stuff. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, we're going to get to your mail. That's right, voice. And we got some funny ones coming in today here on Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast coming right back at you. Don't go anywhere.